Maybe it's a classic, or maybe a flop. Has Katie seen it? She probably has not. She'll sit down and watch it if it's good or it's bad. Hey, have you seen this? No, Katie hasn't seen that. Hi, I'm Katie, and if I had a nickel for every time someone said to me, Wait, you haven't seen this movie? Oh my god, you need to see this movie. I'd be very rich. So this is my podcast, where I finally watch those movies you all have told me I need to see, and I tell you what I think. What dost thou want? It's not spoilers if you're wanting to watch Pride and Prejudice and not have spoilers. Then don't listen to this podcast. But guess what? I'm watching Pride and Prejudice from 2005 for this episode of Katie Hasn't Seen That. I have a confession. I have never read Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, and I have also never seen Pride and Prejudice the movie or the TV show, but I have seen Bollywood's Pride and Prejudice and also Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. So I don't know if any of those counts. It's Those are loosely based off the source material. So I'm curious, what is this beloved romantic drama going to do for me? Do you want to know the amount of times I'm on Twitter and all these girls are just talking about Pride and Prejudice and how there's some gentle hand touching? So I don't know. I don't know. Is there just like a lot of sexual tension in this movie? I'm really curious as to why Pride and Prejudice is up there as something in the zeitgeist that is just weirdly sexualized, I feel like, and also just a part of uh, culture. I, I don't know. There's just a lot of girls I see talking about Pride and Prejudice, and I'm just over here like, I don't understand. So I feel like now's the time for me to understand. This movie is two hours and 15 minutes long. What kind of English countryside drama are we doing that's taking two hours and 15 minutes? All I'm hoping is that hand touching better be worth it. Because this is a long movie. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch Pride and Prejudice because I've seen it in the world so much as this romantic movie, this romantic standard that people watch and love. And I just have always felt like I'm on the outside of that. But also like, damn, why is this so long? What are my expectations for Pride and Prejudice? English accents. Fancy dancing. Fancy tea parties. Cucumber sandwiches. Longing romantic stares from across the room. Battles with words. Those are the things I'm expecting in Pride and Prejudice. I, I, I'm hoping I like this one. I don't know. I don't think we've done a romantic movie for Katie Hasn't Seen That. It's been like action-packed, sci-fi, Dune. Dune was in there. Um, I don't know what, I mean, we know Dune is an action sci-fi movie. I just thought it would be funny to throw that in there as its own thing. Uh, but we haven't really watched like a romantic drama yet that I can remember in any of the episodes. So I'm going to watch Pride and Prejudice. This movie has a 7.8 out of 10 on Internet Movie Database, 86% on Rotten Tomato. I had someone explain to me Common Sense Media is back. And someone explained to me in the comments on YouTube that Common Sense Media is a website parents consult to make sure that movies are not too... um. How do we say salacious for the children's eyes? And uh, Common Sense Media has given this a four out of five. So I'm thinking there's no like intense hand holding in this. But because I am addicted to Metacritic reviews as well, I pulled that up. 
And that has an 82% from Metacritic. And also 95% of Google users liked this movie. So let's dive into upper class English society and see who the hell Mr. Darcy is. Because I don't know. I've heard Mr. Darcy. I, I still don't really know who Mr. Darcy is. I've seen movies where there's characters like Mr. Darcy. Still can't pinpoint what a Mr. Darcy is. So I'm going to find out what a Mr. Darcy is. And I'm going to let you all know what I think. I am back and I watched Pride and Prejudice. All right. I mean, this movie was fancy right out the gate. Can you imagine living in this time period? I looked it up. It's supposed to take place in the circa early 1800s. And can you just imagine living during that time with the waistcoats and the dresses and all that you wanting to do in life is find a husband? Can we just talk about how weird it is to think about that? Back in the day, your parents, especially your mother, was trying to like sell you off to a man. It's just it's crazy when you really break down how our society has changed over the years and what was acceptable in our society. Not even that long ago. Somewhat alarming. So immediately when I went into this movie, I'm like, Katie, don't let your brain go there where you're trying to be like the unjustness of it all. Why do men hold all the cards? Women are powerful. However, I feel like at the time when Jane Austen wrote this, she was making a statement about how strong women can be, and it's kind of apparent as you watch this movie. Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. This was the 2005 movie. I never mentioned any of the actors in the intro. Kira Knightley's in this. An actor named Matthew McFadden, which I looked him up. He played Mr. Darcy in this. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Rosamund? Rosamund? Pike? She's from Gone Girl. I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but also Jenna Malone is in this and I had not seen Jenna Malone in a movie for a hot minute. And Daddy Dearest was Donald Sutherland. There was just kind of like a lot more people in this than I expected to see. It's directed by Joe Wright, who also did Atonement. I've actually seen Atonement. Keira Knightley's in that one too. And it's kind of a more like intense, sexier Pride and Prejudice in a way. I don't know if any of you've seen Atonement, but similar vibes. Also, Joe Wright directed one of my favorite Black Mirror episodes ever. He directed the episode entitled Nosedive, which is kind of an episode I always tell people to watch first if they've never tried a Black Mirror show at all. If they've never watched it, I'm like, and they're a little tentative going in. I'm like, watch Nosedive. It's all about social media. It's really interesting. And it's a very intriguing commentary on social media. And also... Bryce Dallas Howard is one of the main actresses in that. It's a great it's a great episode of Black Mirror. Did not know Joe Wright also directed Pride and Prejudice. But here we are. All right. I should talk about the movie now. I I didn't expect what this movie was. I have seen, like I said, the Bollywood Bride and Prejudice and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. So the entire time I was watching this, I kind of had like weird deja vu. Like, have I seen this? But no, I have just seen things that are similar to this because, you know, it's from the same source material, just slightly altered. But this one, I guess, is more true to the the book. I won't lie. I'm kind of curious about reading the book now, which I say and will add to my ever growing list of books I need to either listen to or read. I wonder how this holds up against the book. I mean, in a way, this is kind of like a Shakespearean experience, which let me explain that. 
So in college, I did get my degree in psychology, but I originally started off as a media and theater arts major. I was going to go into filmmaking, y'all, and I had to take a lot of classes about film analysis and a lot of classes about theory in movies and looking for the deeper meaning. I also had to take a class where I had to read a lot of plays, including Shakespeare and more modern contemporary theater, and then write papers and analyze the deeper meaning of those as well. So when I say this is kind of like a Shakespearean experience is that it's written in that classical sense where it sounds elegant and you have to actually listen to fully grasp what's happening. Instead of saying like, I like that boy over there, it's like, oh, my eyes gaze upon it yonder and it is so pleasing. So that's what I mean. I like that, though. I, I don't know. I like that, though. I kind of enjoyed that. OK, I actually really loved reading Shakespeare and felt that I could grasp what he was trying to convey very uh, easily, actually. God, that sounds like a humble brag. Oh, I, I read Shakespeare and I totally understood it. But you know what I mean? Like this kind of dialogue is kind of up my alley. And I like when you have to think about it a little bit. I like when it's like, ooh, what, what's the, ooh, what are they saying? So I enjoyed that. At first, it was kind of like, whoa, this is so different than, say, like The Hangover, where they're just yelling about penises, you know? And so sometimes that's a little, it's a little nice, a little nice to mix things up. This is the first romantic drama type movie I've watched where Katie hasn't seen that. And I won't lie, it was somewhat refreshing. I am a fan of things blowing up. I am a fan of the deep, hardcore sci-fi. But this was something so different than anything I've done yet for this podcast. And it was kind of like a breath of fresh air in a way. I'll get into more why that's the case. First of all, if you don't know the, the whole premise of Pride and Prejudice, let me do a too long didn't read, too long didn't watch. Uh, there is a character named Lizzie. She is a part of this family where there's a bunch of daughters, no male heir. And the mom is just trying to marry off all of her daughters and uh, so that they don't end up destitute. And I think Lizzie is the second oldest. I couldn't remember if she was the first or the second oldest. But the whole time, it's about these, these daughters finding their marriage partners, but specifically Lizzie. And her sister becomes betrothed with a man named Mr. Bingley. And he brought a friend with him named Mr. Darcy. And Mr. Darcy is brooding and grumpy. He is grumpy cat as a person. And it's about Lizzie and Mr. Darcy finding each other and eventually ending up together. But it wasn't an easy path for them to get there. I will say once again, I cannot believe this is how people were married off in this time frame. It still baffles my mind that this was like a thing people did, like the courtship of it all. But just like, oh, he's rich and he will provide me with a wonderful home and a dowry and all. Like, it's just nuts. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I've seen some of Downton Abbey, Pride and Prejudice, same kind of vibe. I like that this movie just gets into it. We just like dive in to Pride and Prejudice. It didn't feel like there was a lot of buildup. I don't feel like I was sitting there like, all right, we're giving. OK, let's get into it. Like, I, I liked that the movie kind of treated me like it thought I was smart and that I could follow along with what was happening instead of being like, let me spoon feed this to you. So I did enjoy that. We just kind of got right into the story. They're at a party. This is where Lizzie first meets Mr. Darcy. Her sister is kind of flirtatiously hanging out with Mr. Bingley. And right out the gate, Mr. Darcy is rude. He's so moody. He's essentially Squidward as a person. Okay, if you've seen SpongeBob SquarePants, 
Mr. Darcy is Squidward. And as I'm watching this entire movie, these sisters are just so into boys. And I always thought that my generation was boy crazy. Like we had NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. And these girls put me and my generation to shame. I don't even think I can express to you the amount of boy crazy that happens in this movie. But I I also feel like who doesn't like that? Who doesn't like a little bit of boy crazy? You know, I made a joke at the beginning of this podcast that there was going to be like sexual tension and handholding. I was not wrong. I was literally laughing on the couch because there's like a moment where Lizzie's getting into the carriage and Mr. Darcy grabs her hand and like helps her into the carriage. And then he quickly turns around and then he walks away and he like stretches his hand. And I am so sorry, but this might be kind of crude. But how the hell did they pack so much sexuality and just palpable tension in a mere hand holding scene? I was like, oh, I need a fan off. Excuse me. I made a joke about that. Okay, I did not think that that was going to be a thing. Underrated, most hysterical character was Mr. Collins, the cousin who wanted to marry his cousins. I know that was a thing back then, but it's so weird. It's so weird that cousins would marry cousins. We don't need to talk about it, but, you know, it's part of this movie. Mr. Collins wants to marry a sister, but he's a weirdo and he's hysterical. And uh, I thought the actor who played Mr. Collins, who I'm going to look up right now, Tom Hollander, who I, I don't know if I've seen him in anything else. Oh, he's been in Pirates of the Caribbean. He was in Us, apparently in Bird Box as well, and Muppets Most Wanted. I don't know. I don't remember him in anything, but he was a great character in this, and I thought his delivery of Mr. Collins could not have been better. There's a moment where the whole family does not like Mr. Collins. There's this whole point where Mr. Collins comes to visit, and I believe he is the one to inherit their home uh, that the sisters and the family live at uh, because there is no male heir. And Mr. Collins is not well received. And there's a point after dinner where he's like, I'd like to read to you for a couple hours. And it's just so awkward, but it's just so funny. And I didn't expect to laugh as much as I did when I watched this. I didn't expect to have any sort of LOLing. And there was some actual LOLing, which was pleasantly unexpected. The actor who played Mr. Darcy, very good with his facial expressions. He just did such a good job at staring daggers, glaring. And also emoting with his eyes. I know that sounds like a joke, but honestly, it's hard to emote with your face. And this guy did an excellent job staring daggers. It's also kind of hysterical because Mr. Darcy is such a baby man. He is so moody and he's so like all about himself and his feelings. And it's just really hard to not enjoy that because this is essentially the real housewives of the 1800s. And I am so here for it. I don't care who you are. You cannot help but get enraptured by this drama and caught up in it and be like, oh, damn, I'm going to actually sip the tea and uh, see what happens here. In another weird way, this movie also showcases how creepy men can be and how some of that has never changed. Uh, so that was a fun thing. Just watch around how creepy men can be. Oh, it's awful. But what sucks about that is we're in the year 2021 and it's still a problem. Everyone has the capability of being creepy. But this just shows how like back then when they held all the cards and we needed to marry one of them to survive, I think they, they got away with some of that creepiness a little bit more. I will say this society life back then seems so exhausting, not only because it's like the emotional drama, but they did not have modern medicine. 
they did not have entertainment in the way that we do. It just seems like all day, every day was just drama city. It just seemed like a lot to go to balls all the time, constantly be trying to drop your handkerchief to attract a mate, giggling at boys and learning skills to attract those boys. Oh, my God. I'm just kind of glad I, I, I was not around in the 1800s, though. I'm slightly curious, like if I had a time machine, maybe I'd go back and see what it was like. I don't know. I'm just saying, would any of you do that? What I kind of picked up in this movie, too, was that it showcased that everyone has problems because as the movie moves forward, we learn about Mr. Darcy and his past and how rumors kind of swirl and who Lizzie originally believes, but then gets the truth from Mr. Darcy. And it was just interesting. It's a commentary that I think applies today where you can have all this hearsay about things. But unless you get it directly from the source, maybe don't read into that subtweet. Maybe, you know, second guess a couple things if somebody's going to come to you and be like, oh, my God, did you hear what so-and-so did? I just think that what's nuts about this is how much of this applies to today as well. Clearly was a problem in the 1800s. I think this is something we need to work on as a society. Maybe our culture needs to shift. Uh, But yeah, rumors suck and everyone has problems and society makes you hide it all. So I, I don't know. We should change that. Clearly, it's been a problem since the 1800s. I also thought about how when Jane Austen wrote this, this was like a modern crazy take on her time frame. Like this was if the Da Vinci Code came out for us. It's just weird to think about how in the 1800s when this came out that this was like a, oh, this is a modern take on dating and society and how I mean, it's pretty cool that it stood the test of time and is so prevalent in our society. I know my sister loves Jane Austen. I don't know how I never read it. Uh, So I need to get on that and feel like maybe should I do what Katie hasn't read that? Oh, God. The cinematography was very intense. There was some quick zoom ins at some points and also just some quick exchanges of glances. But it worked for this. It, It was like edgy in a way. Like it wasn't all the time. It wasn't trying to do some crazy like Edgar Wright kind of thing. It was just occasional and some very tense moments. And I thought it was a really well used tool to showcase or heighten some situations. Also, can we just talk about how at this time people can actually ruin each other's lives with a mere rumor? Like you could literally destroy people's lives. And that comes up when Mr. Darcy had talked Mr. Billingley out of marrying Lizzie's sister because he felt that Lizzie was not as into Mr. Billingley as he was into her. And how that actively kind of adjusted and changed the course of Lizzie's sister's life. But it was just interesting when you sat there and you're like, damn, this can actually like ruin some people's lives. And Lizzie was uh, supposed to marry Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins proposed to her and she turned him down, which I think was a big deal back in that time. And her mother was so disappointed in her. But her father was like, oh, I'm glad that you chose that path because Mr. Collins is a weirdo. And your cousin, though, I think the cousin thing didn't play into it as much. But it was interesting to think about how just by marriage could change the course of someone's life. And sometimes I'm going to lay awake at night and think about that. There was a point where Mr. Darcy is proposing to Lizzie because he's he's warmed up over time. There's like that sexual tension, but like clearly they care for each other. And I won't lie. There's a part where it's raining. They're like arguing with each other outside. I was so enraptured. And if I had popcorn, I would just be like. Eyes glued, shoveling the popcorn in. And also, there was so much apologizing in this movie. Like, it was just constant, like, I'm mad at you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I proposed to you and you do not want to marry me. 
I'm sorry I've taken up so much of your time. There's just so much apologizing. And I've heard that that's a part of British culture, like just apologizing all the time. But damn, they just apologize for everything. And if you you count the apologies, it's kind of a fun drinking game, though. I'm pretty sure you'd be wasted by the end of the movie. It was really nice to see the character arc and the growth in Mr. Darcy as he warmed up. When they went to see his sister at one point, he was smiling and the movie did a good job about showing the changes in someone when they're around someone they're comfortable with, but also how when you get to know someone, one of the things I struggle with is people who always say, I don't, I don't know you that well, or oh, I don't want to offend you because I mean, I know everybody else here really well, but I don't know you as well. And those people who don't take any time to get to know you. And so this was something I personally found intriguing was that the more you got to know Mr. Darcy, the more you liked him, the more you were inclined to be like, oh, he's had some hard cards dealt. He truly cares about his sister and he's trying to do right by people, at least in the best way that he can. And I thought that was an interesting lesson. I feel like more people need to do that. Maybe instead of just judging a book by its cover or saying as an excuse, I don't really know you that well. And then not even trying to get to know someone that well. Just save, save us all some time and just don't waste my time. <laughs> Which, I mean, maybe that sounds kind of harsh, but like you, you can see how you, like a Tootsie Pop, you need to, oh, this is a really bad analogy, you need to lick to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. And I think people are more like Tootsie Pops than others want to admit. And this is a good example of why you need to give people time to show themselves truly to you and also give them a chance to open up and blossom. So I did like that whole story arc. I appreciated that, which is now why I kind of want to read the book because I'm like, damn, there's some depth to this. <sighs> I will say, though, when Mr. Darcy walked, his shoes were very loud. They were louder than most of the lady shoes. And I got immense joy hearing his little clickety clack as he moved around. One of my favorite experiences of watching this movie is I watched all of these movies with my husband, Mark. And he was always like, I'm going to watch whatever movie you're doing for Katie hasn't seen that if it's good or it's bad. So he and I watched this together and I have to say, I had so much fun watching this with him. And he had, I mean, I, all right, I need to tell you all something. Mark listens to this podcast too. So he doesn't know I'm saying any of this. Hi, Mark. Mark was so into this and it, it just made this experience so much better. He was into the drama. He was laughing at Mr. Collins. He was having so much commentary about <laughs> There's just so much commentary from Mark throughout this. He was so into this. Like there's that part with the lady and her sickly daughter and Mark's just laughing hysterically like, but why? Why is her daughter sickly? It's just like the most random thing. With the lady's like, well, I wouldn't be so bad if my daughter wasn't so sickly. And then she just like looks down and we never really get any more context to that. And I also feel like Mark appreciated the story and the journey that we went on, but it was an actively fun movie to watch together because we were both. We were caught up in the drama. We wanted to know what happened and it was just a fun movie. It's a fun movie to watch with somebody else. Also, it was adorable to see how into this Mark was because, you know, like you don't expect of all movies for us to be into. It would be Pride and Prejudice. But guess what? I was surprised. Overall, the drama don't stop with Mr. Darcy or Lizzie. The ending is hysterical because there's a part where Mr. Darcy is like walking in a field and that took a really long time. Mr. Darcy like walked a long ass time to get to Lizzie and that was funny, but it was what it was. 
I also feel like people fall in love pretty fast in this movie. Seems like honeymoon phase before marriage is pretty key. I often found myself wondering, like, what happens to these marriages after they do get married? Like, is it just you can't really know each other until you've spent some time together? And if you pay attention throughout the movie, there's comments that are just kind of snuck in there where there is this one girl talking to another girl like, well, I know you'll have plenty of time to get to know each other after you're married. And it was just, I think, cleverly placed dialogue. And I enjoyed that. I, I, I feel like this movie not only did a good job with the story of Pride and Prejudice, I, I feel like I just enjoyed the ride. Classic literature and books generally make pretty damn good movies. And I, I don't know. I'm glad you all made me watch this. This was a pretty darn good movie. And I didn't know what to expect if how I would feel about it. And at the end of the movie, it was hysterical to me that they're like sitting on the couch in their underwear kissing and it just seems so salacious for how tame most of this movie was but I, I enjoyed the commentary of this movie and I think it's worth a watch I think this movie's got something to say but I also think that it is an enjoyable experience so if you want some drama if you love some real housewives it's not as intense as real housewives but it's it's got some layered drama in there and it's it's something I think if you don't want to read the book at least watch the movie says me who has never read the book, but maybe I will now. I'm going to give this movie an 8 out of 10 salacious looks from across the room. Dun, dun, dun. I enjoyed it. I thought this was a a good movie. I don't know that I'm going to watch it all the time, but I'm not mad that I watched it. I really do think it was a journey. And you know what? This movie was two hours and 15 minutes. Guess who was fine with that? I was. And that's got to be a first. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, That was me watching Pride and Prejudice. I feel like I was kind of all over the place a little bit with this episode, but uh, there's a lot to unpack and I actually liked it. If you've seen Pride and Prejudice or Bride and Prejudice or Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, tell me what you think about it. Have you read the book? Should I read the book? Tweet at me at PlayKatiePlay or come talk to me on my Twitch channel Uh, when I'm streaming. You can type in the chat. Let me know what you think about things at KatiePetersPlays. And yeah, let me know what the next movie I should watch should be. And until next time, careful whose hands you hold. You might end up falling in love with them. If you want to hang out with me more, or if you just want to yell at me for my thoughts on a specific movie, I stream over on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash katiepetersplays. Also, feel free to follow and chat with me on Twitter at playkatieplay and on Instagram at Katie Peters Plays. Music written and performed by Mark Can Do It. Katie Hasn't Seen That is a part of the Geek Generation Network. Until next time, keep your popcorn warm for me.